We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, this is Stephen Haglin, the host of the Guilty as Charged podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting the show. As always, we do appreciate any ratings, reviews, likes, subscribes, comments on any podcast platform, including YouTube. And I want to start today off by giving a shout out to one of our sponsors, The Backroom Collection. You can find him on Twitter at The Backroom C-O-L-2. Again, that's The Backroom C-O-L-2. Uh, he has been putting out some fire chargers prints, and I think any football fan should check him out and be able to upgrade their man cave, their workout you know, situation, their home office, their actual office. Check him out online, thebackroomcollection.net. If you use the code GAC, that's G-A-C, on your first purchase, you get 10% off. He is even going to be able to attend a Justin Herbert signing. He's got a bunch of Justin Herbert prints that he will have signed by the man himself. Again, use the code GAC for 10% off at thebackroomcollection.net. Thank you so much for supporting him and our show. That being said, let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome in to the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven. I am your host. Tyler is absent today, unfortunately has a little bit of a situation going on in the family. So I uh, appreciate all your well wishes towards the Shun family. But joining me today is Alex. Alex, how are you doing today, man? Doing pretty good. Uh, so all what best wishes to Tyler and his family. But this uh, brings me back to when I still used to record in a closet. Uh, last year when it was just me and Steven doing the pregame yeah. <laughs> shows together. Uh, and then Tyler would join us for the uh, postgame show. But uh, yeah, back to business. Good times, man. Good times in the closet. I, I forgot about that. But um, a little bit of an upgrade down there uh, for Alex, for sure. So we're going to dive right into this matchup. I think, you know, the Cleveland Browns present a very interesting opponent. Um, and you know, we'll dive in right to the first kind of big storylines as we always do. Alex, what is the storyline of this game that you are kind of focusing on? Yeah, I think the biggest storyline for this game is all things else being equal with the Browns is what level of Baker Mayfield we get or what kind of Baker Mayfield we're getting. Um, because I think, you know, what Justin Herbert is going to give you with the chargers, even with this tough Browns defense, but you know, the real, uh, I mean, 
X factor, but it is the most important part of their team. It's not something that's low key, right? Um, you know, he's been really rough, uh, was particularly rough last week against the Vikings, missed a lot of throws he shouldn't have. Then it comes out this week. He has been playing with a torn labrum, uh, which is not easy. Plus, they're try- still trying to mix Odell back into the mix coming off of the torn ACL last year. So um, as much as, you know, I think they're going to try to funnel the offense through Chubb and Hunt, uh, I think what version we get of Baker this game kind of determines the outcome um, because I do think these are two teams that uh, all things being equal are pretty even. I might give a, a slight edge to the Browns when they're at full health, but you know what Baker Mayfield is going to be able to do as a quarterback is going to matter in this game, uh, at least when it comes to making those clutch throws late, right? Like, uh, in the case of, say, the Dallas game, right? Zeke and Pollard still rushed for, you know, 200 yards. But you still had to have Dak made, make those uh, clutch throws when it came time to. So I think Baker right. will still have to do something similar in this game if the Browns are going to win. So it depends on uh, what kind of Baker we get this game. Yeah, I think your assessment overall of the rosters is pretty spot on. It feels like both teams have, you know, star players here, depth players there, rookies there that are all making an impact. So um, it is kind of interesting to to consider that this could come down to, frankly, who has the healthier quarterback. And so um, Baker's going to play. Apparently, you know, he's not planning on sitting or missing any games, uh, you know, so unless it gets you know significantly worse or deteriorates, he's not going to have uh, surgery, which is probably necessary to fix that. But it is his left shoulder, so it's not his throwing shoulder, obviously, but uh, Dan Orlovsky was on ESPN talking about how that can kind of impact things. And really, it, it, from what I understand from his breakdown or his explanation is that it, it makes it difficult to, you know, kind of go through your progressions when you're trying to read from right to left or left to right. It just kind of, you know, hinders you, gives you a little bit of a hitch, which is what, you know, he thinks he saw last week, particularly against the Vikings. I haven't watched that film. Uh, I'll probably watch it tomorrow or Saturday ahead of the game, but apparently it was not pretty on Saturday, missing a bunch of throws, missed Odell apparently on, on two or three big chunk plays, chunk play opportunities at least. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good call. Yeah. So it's just going to be really interesting to see kind of what they get. And like, yeah, like you said, uh, it's going to be, <clears throat> Interesting to see what he brings to the table, uh, but maybe not necessarily deciding because of the two backs that they have. And we'll get to the injury reports for both teams later. But I think the injuries for the Browns, just looking at the kind of graveyard of guys that they have out right now, that's going to be something that factors into the game as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that, you know, there's basically nothing to talk about the injury report for the Chargers. So we're basically going to be talking about the Browns, which is going to be interesting. Um, you know, I, I think there are a couple obvious storylines um, that I think we'll probably get to later on in this matchup. But for me, the storyline that I'm going to be focusing in on it is how Joe Lombardi makes some adjustments and gets Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back involved at uh, at least a greater level than they were this past game. So we've seen them kind of, you know, focus in on a, a certain player or a certain position group from time to time. And the Raiders were... <laughs> they were like flat out bracketing Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, like basically on every other play. So like they, they clearly had a plan to not let those two beat them. Uh, of course the chargers were able to beat them in, in a different way. So I, I'm curious to see how uh, Mike Williams in particular gets involved this week because um, you know, the Cleveland corners outside of Denzel Ward don't really 
scare me. You know, then again, you know, they had a Meek Robertson, the the, the slot corner, uh, covering him last week. And there were some one-on-one opportunities, and Justin Herbert just did not go his way. So I'm curious to see if that's kind of a point of emphasis this week for Williams in particular, uh, maybe getting back on the right track, you know, scoring a touchdown, getting 100 yards, whatever the case may be. Um, so I'm interested to see what kind of adjustments Lamarty makes to the game plan this week. Yeah, and I think this is the perfect week to get uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen back involved. Greg Newsom's going to be out, who's, you know, kind of Cleveland's, you know, at least one of their starting corners at this point. Plus, Denzel yeah. Ward is dealing with a neck injury, which is pretty brutal because that's sort of who you would think prototypically they would place on either Allen or Williams at any given time. Probably Allen, uh, given the fact that Denzel Ward sort of struggled with bigger receivers, so they'd probably leave that to someone else when it comes to Mike Williams. But uh, I think what the Chargers really showed you on Monday night is they are sort of a pick your poison team, right? If you're going to hold Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, you know, <laughs> to double coverage every play and they only get 40 yards, fine. We're going to gash you with Austin Eckler and Larry Roundtree, or, you know, yeah. we're going to get the tight ends involved when it comes to Steven Anderson and uh, Donald Parham and Jared Cook, right? All sort of uh, cooking on Monday night. So I think that that's, you know, the Chargers will let you take away who you take away and then just work with the, you know, the rest of the guys that are open on a specific play. Um, and I think that's going to be really challenging for this Brown secondary. Uh, it would be less so if, you know, the Browns were healthy, particularly in the secondary. But, you know, considering they're not healthy right now, that's really, I think, the type of thing that the Chargers can feast on. And, uh, you know, one of the things I think lacked on Monday night was Justin Herbert or Joe Lombardi sort of being like, hey, Damon Arnett's down. Let's just continue to throw to Mike yeah. Williams over and over again. Uh, I think that that should have been a bigger emphasis a little bit. So I think in this game where you know the Cleveland corners are going to be out before the game, uh, I think that definitely calls for getting Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and, and pretty much all those guys involved. Yeah, it was, you know, interesting watching the film today because it was like, you know, Keenan Allen would clearly be the primary read or Jared Cook would clearly be the primary read. And then you see on the opposite side, Mike Williams is, is creating some separation on a potential go route or a potential slat, slant on Amik Robertson, who is, you know, their slot, their backup slot corner. He's not even their starting slot corner. And it's just like, I understand like why Justin Herbert's not going that way right. because the, the, the concept is dictating it to not go that way. But I just kind of wish sometimes that like Herbert were come to the line and be like, okay, I have one-on-one with a guy who's seven inches taller than this corner who's guarding him. Like, let's go to him. Like, let's force feed him just a little bit. Um, so I, I think that is, you know, something to focus on this week. And I'm glad you mentioned Donald Parham. I don't know if you were going to mention him later on in this, in this episode, so I hope I'm not spoiling anything. But he's played play really, really well over the last couple of weeks, and he's flashing some very positive signs as a blocker. And this week we saw him ge- get more involved as a pass catcher, had a really nice touchdown, uh, created some good separation on that route. And then he had a short catch that he shook Trayvon Merrick out of his shoes, man. Like he's showing some explosive traits as a tight end. And I know he's a free agent after this year, but I, I'm like, I'm fully okay with Donald Parham being in the tight end one potentially as soon as next year for this team. Yeah, no, I, I think Donald Parham honestly kind of will be in that conversation. Um, you know, all things will kind of shake out as they do, whether it comes to Jared Cook and whether he'll be back or Steven Anderson or what they want to do with Trey McKitty at some point. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I think Donald Parham, particularly after last week, particularly after all the signs we saw last year, 
uh, is really kind of gunning for that to end one role of the future. And it's really exciting to see just, you know, the main takeaway for Monday night for me is just a six, eight guy can, can move like that in the <laughs> NFL. Like he, he really yeah. is like if LeBron decided to play tight end. Back in the day. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, I think uh, Donald Parham is just going to be a really exciting guy to watch, particularly these next few weeks. I do think they will start to use him a little bit more just because they sort of found that that worked in the Raiders game and particularly in the red zone, just, Hey, all the tall guys get on the field and we'll (laughs) pick whichever one is open because I don't think in sort of that limited space that many people can cover all three of those guys or have the physical capability of doing so particularly in the red zone. Yeah. That touchdown that he had to that Herbert threw to Parham was really interesting because you mentioned the the big guys, right? It was it was Parham on a dig, and then it was Williams on a dig right behind him. So <laughs> yeah. it was almost like, okay, if Parham's not open, I'm going to go right back to Williams, the other big tall guy uh, in the red zone. So it was a really fun concept to see. Um, all right, we mentioned the injury report. Let's get to those uh, right now. Like I said, not much to cover with the Chargers. Really, the only injury of note is that Justin Jackson has gone from limited to did not practice today. Uh, apparently he's dealing with a groin injury. Um, that guy just, you know, every few weeks he has a, you know, lower body core injury, which is just, you know, super frustrating. Mm -hmm. But, um, do you think Jackson ends up playing? And if he doesn't, do you have any confidence in Joshua Kelly being that third back this week? Um, I have confidence in Joshua Kelly being the third back because I don't think he'll be asked to do much. I think if Justin Jackson's (laughs) out, then, you know, they're pretty much going to go through Eckler and Roundtree. Uh, much like they did Monday night, particularly that they're on a short week this week. So I, I think that would kind of mean that they stick to their bread and butter. Maybe they'll, the, the scary thing is if they need Joshua Kelly to do special teams blocking. Because um, <laughs> as we saw last year, that doesn't always work. But yeah. uh, that's really the only place where I'd be concerned as far as him being third running back in the rotation. I think that's fine if Justin Jackson's out for a week. Um, although I would like to see Justin Jackson on the field because he sort of had some moments against the Raiders, but just kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit. Um, and so it would be nice to see kind of the Justin Jackson game uh, if he were to kind of be the second back this week still. But I think Roundtree for the moment, at least when it comes between the tackles, uh, has, has sort of taken that lead at this point uh, over Justin Jackson. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not too nervous about Joshua Kelly if he has to play. Uh, but, you know, I just really hope Justin Jackson can shake the injury bug and uh, play this week because I think he would be just another kind of weapon that the Chargers can throw at teams when they're, you know, deciding to double cover players or deciding which players to focus on in terms of the Browns defense. Yeah, I think Joshua Kelly will will play. I'll get some reps. I don't know how many touches he'll get. But, you know, the thing that we're, the thing where losing Justin Jackson hurts the most is is like you mentioned earlier as a receiver, because. Joshua Kelly and, and Larry Roundtree don't really present much uh, of the same kind of element right. as a pass catcher. So um, I, I'm a little worried about that. And especially, you know, now they have like Austin Eckler is obviously capable of running between the tackles, but now they don't have that kind of well-rounded change of pace because that's what Justin Jackson is, you know, at his best. He can do kind of a lot of everything. Whereas Larry Roundtree, and Joshua Kelly both are, are, are to me, you know, they're in between the in between the tackles runners. They're not necessarily perimeter runners. They're not pass catching back. So it, it is going to be different this week. Maybe they choose to elevate Darius Bradwell instead. I don't know, but um, I I do kind of expect Joshua Kelly to make his debut 
this week. I, I guess we should also talk about Chris Harris because he has been apparently trending positive. He's been a full participant today and yesterday, although yesterday they kind of just had a walkthrough. Um, do you expect Chris Harris to make his uh, return to the field this week? I feel like I expect it this week. It, it would make sense. I don't know exactly how many snaps he'll play because they'll sort of probably mix that up with Devon Campbell and a bunch of the other guys that have played, um, yeah. you know, significant snaps since Chris Harris has been hurt. And I think they'll also want to be careful with it since it is, it is a shoulder injury. So um, I definitely think there's a better chance that he'll play this week than sort of the, uh, you know, just kind of going into Monday night football week where, you know, it was sort of up in the air the whole time, but it doesn't seem like there's really been any setbacks, um, though, considering how the Chargers kind of rolled with uh, Justin Jones and Kenneth Murray. It wouldn't it, w- it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, Chris Harris was placed on IR just <laughs> randomly Sunday morning, um, you know, but I do think he will play. I think this team has a use for him, particularly when it comes to tackling in the run game, which is going to be important in this one uh, with yeah. Chubb and Hunt. So I think that they don't necessarily need Chris Harris out there to win, but I think this is a game where if you can have him, you'd really like to have uh, at the very least Chris Harris's tackling ability uh, on say 10 or 15 snaps, whatever he can play. Yeah, I think that is, that is how I feel as well. Um, You know, I think whether he's limited or not, this is a game where you want to see him and more so next week uh, with Lamar Jackson and, and kind of the keeper game that he brings to the table. Um, but the good news is that we've seen some good things from Alohi Gilman. We've seen some good things from Taewon Campbell. So it's not super necessary that Chris Harris plays, you know, 100% of the snaps, you know, perhaps like it would have been at the start of the season. So um, I expect there to be a good rotation back there because those guys have kind of earned those extra snaps. Um, but yeah, it seems like Chris Harris is definitely trending in the right direction this week. Um, all right, let's get to the Browns injuries because it is a lengthy report for the. This Cleveland is where Browns you got to sing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let I think we should start with the big one. Uh, you know, literally in this case, which is Jedrick Wills. Uh, Jedrick Wills ha- has been dealing with an ankle injury. He uh, injured that ankle in the first game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and has really kind of been dealing with it ever since, but he's been able to play through it. Um, when I interviewed Henry Ettinger, he said that uh, Wills has kind of been a shell of himself, which kind of is reflected in his pro football fro- focus grade, but he's only allowed seven pressures this season. So uh, how big of a loss would Jedrick Wills be for the Browns this week, do you think? I think he's a pretty big loss. I mean, just based on what we saw with Joey Bosa, um, what we've been seeing from him in the last two weeks in particular, um, I I think that you need to have someone to protect the quarterback, especially given that Baker dealing with his torn labrum probably isn't going to be quite as mobile uh, as he usually is, sort of, you know, taking off to run out to the sides of the pocket. Um, So I I sort of think that that's going to be key. Um, you know, what level he's playing at is going to be big. But, you know, I think there might be a little bit of a trade-off for them where they go, well, if we're going to get a really bad level from Jedrick Wills, is it worse than putting a healthy tackle out there? You know, I'm not too familiar with the Cleveland Browns depth when it comes to that. But I think that's going to have to be a conversation that they have this week, especially because you're going against, you know, a, a more elite pass rush, I would say, than you played, say, against Minnesota. Um, when they played last week uh, with Jedrick Wills in the lineup. So that's something to be conscious about. Um, but 
uh, at the same time, I do think because it's the Chargers and it's because Joey Bose is out there, they're probably going to put Jedrick Wills out there at least for one more week, just at, out of necessity to see what yeah. he has. Um, and he can't give you what you need. Probably the guys behind it won't either. So I think they're going to probably take the chance this week. Yeah, that that's always a tough one for, you know, dealing with this kind of thing because their their swing tackle is also on this injury report, dealing with a triceps injury. That's Chris Hubbard. Um, so he was limited in practice on Wednesday and then was downgraded to did not practice at all today. So it certainly doesn't seem like he's going to play, which means if Jedrick Wills can't go, then you would be seeing and we would be seeing James Hudson, the former Cincinnati uh, Bearcat, getting the start at left tackle for the Browns against Joey Bosa. So again, Joey, Joey's not, you know, primarily rushing from the left tackle. They'll move him around, right? He rushes mostly from the right side, but um, they are moving him around. And so having, having your fourth tackle go up against this game and even Uchen Wosu is capable, Kyler Fackrell is capable. So I think this is a huge deal. And similar to how we're seeing with, you know, Storm Norton, the, the Browns will be able to help uh, whoever is playing at left tackle, right, with chips and things like that. But going from Jedrick Wills to James Hudson, who I liked coming out of the draft, but is a project, that's a big step back for sure. Yeah, and I think when you talk about somebody like Storm Norton, Storm Norton at least played in five, six NFL games last year, you know, and, and kind of has that experience or had that experience going into this year versus James Hudson. I mean, this is really his first year, right? He's kind of being thrown to the wolves um, yeah. as sort of a more project developmental tackle kind of a guy. So I think there's a bit of a different dynamic there just in terms of maybe the experience Norton had. Um, but yeah, I, d- I definitely think they'll try to help him in whatever way you can. Uh, I just think that the Chargers kind of mix it up so much to the point where it's like, okay, well, you know, one play you'll have to be dealing with Joey Bosa. The next play you'll have to be dealing with Jerry Tillery. You know, right. then two plays later, we'll bring Derwin James on a rush and get crazy. Um, you know, so like the Chargers have sort of been like that in terms of their rush the past few weeks. So uh, I think that that's something that, the, you know, Brandon Staley definitely wants to focus in on. And I think that the Chargers are going to say, hey, you know, you're playing your fourth tackle. Well, we're going to make that look like the problem that it is. <laughs> yeah. Like imagine in, in this game, if we were dealing with Trey Pipkins as opposed to Storm Norton, like that'd be a disaster. Um, so if you miss Tyler's breakdown, he did do a breakdown on all the blitzes and the ways that the chargers, uh, got after Derek Carr, which was a really fantastic, uh, thing to watch. They brought some very creative stuff and I expect them to do that this week against Baker as well. Um, flipping to the opposite side of the ball for the Browns, they have Jadavian Clowney and Tak McKinley, both listed as DNPs. Tak McKinley is listed with an ankle slash knee and Jadavian Clowney. Let me make sure I get this right. Jamin Clowney is listed with an elbow injury. So Clowney hurt his elbow in the game against the Vikings. Uh, apparently he came back and was able to finish it. Um, I don't really know when Tack McKinley got his injury, but not having one of those players is a big deal. Potentially not having both of them is a huge deal because if both of those players are out, then you can really you know focus in on Miles Garrett, chip him as much as you possibly want to, double team him and you know, slide coverage his way. So it's an interesting thing to keep an eye on this week, particularly tomorrow, of course, as the injury reports come out uh, as finalized. But um, not having Clowney and not potentially not having Clowney and McKinley is a big deal for the Browns. Yeah, I, I think that's a big deal, especially given how Jadavian Clowney's played this season. 
you know, it sort of has looked like a bit of a resurgence for him next to yeah. Miles Garrett. And, you know, if you don't have him, you know, I, th- I think the Browns pass rush will still be okay. Like it's, it's hard to screw up pass rush when you have the best pass rusher in the league in Miles Garrett. But yeah. I, I do think they'll need some more from the rest of their lineup. And uh, Jadavian Clowney would sort of be a big blow to that. Um, just going through some of the other names that stuck out to me on the injury report. I, I think the guy to watch in terms of, uh, I, th- I think he will play when we talk about Denzel Ward. He was a limited participant in practice this week with a neck injury. I think he was a limit a DNP yesterday and then a limited practice today. Yeah. So um, I think he's huge because they already have Greg Newsom out and are dealing with uh, a lot in the secondary. So if he doesn't play, I think that that's uh, a really big break for both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams sort of thought that they would kind of feast in this game anyway, especially after sort of the Raiders bracketing strategy didn't play out last week. Um, but, you know, th- this is the kind of game where I think they need Denzel Ward to at least get a couple stops on Keenan Allen. Uh, and if you don't have him, then I feel like it could be a really long day. Um, and when we talk about Keenan Allen and his drops on Monday night, like this is the perfect opportunity given the state of the Cleveland secondary for a pretty big bounce back game for him, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that's, you know, spot on, especially if Greg Newsom is out, you know, they, they're going to need Denzel Ward because they don't really have anybody else. Um, the other injuries as well that I wanted to talk about were David Njoku, who has not practiced this week uh, with a knee injury. And then their all pro center, JC Treader, uh, has not practiced with a knee slash back injury. So um, apparently uh, they're optimistic that Treader will play this week. Um, of course that would be a huge deal. Cause I, I happen to think that when the Browns are healthy, they are the best offensive line in the league. And so if they're down wills and treader, I think that obviously is, is a significant step back. And then in Joku, he's not as big of a loss because they have Austin Hooper. They still have Harrison Bryant. So I think they'd be able to pick up the slack. Um, but in Joku is kind of that yards after catch athlete tight end that I think, uh, could, you know, potentially make things a little more difficult for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I definitely think Njoku is going to be a big one in this game, um, just given, you know, his nature and the fact that he, he draws attention. I think Njoku is one to watch for this game. Um, Treader, I think, will be interesting to watch just because, yeah, like you said, it's really hard to play without your center and your starting tackle. Yeah. Like, you know, the Chargers do not want to be in that position themselves, uh, which is why it's been... so important that on the other hand so you know dealing on the side cannot be you know uh fun to deal with quite at all uh and so yeah no i definitely think we'll kind of see what happens and like you said chris hubbard that uh swing tackle also a dnp today with that triceps injury so they're just sort of going through it right now uh and in terms of their injuries and uh you know, it's one of the reasons that when we talk about this injury report as a whole, we'll get to our picks a little bit later. But I sort of felt bullish on the Browns coming into this week until I saw the injury report. <laughs> uh, you know, and we'll you know get to what those picks are later. Yeah, I can't, I can't believe how many names are on this list, and it's not like <laughs> yeah, it's like a I Chargers mean, injury report. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you see, like a you know a, a Tony Fields, and you know, like some of these backups, like you know Hubbard or Malik Jackson, but 
you I mean, this is their core, right? Like, I mean, the only one that's, you know, healthy on this list of their core is Odell, who is listed on the injury report, but he is full. Did you hear what he said today, by the way? No, I didn't hear what Odell said today. So apparently he, uh, somebody asked him about his shoulder injury and he was like, oh, I have the same thing as Baker. And they were like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? He's like, yeah, I have a torn labrum and I've been dealing with it for 10 years. Oh, I mean, I guess that like he got it in like college or something and just never got it like surgically repaired or. Yeah, I, I don't buy that. How do you how do you let a torn labrum go for 10 years? <laughs> yeah, that seems like Odell just fucking with the media, <laughs> which I which I support. But that's funny. <laughs> Classic Odell. Um, all right. Anything else to jump out to you about the injury report before we jump into some key matchups and X factors? No, I think we've uh, covered it all. And I'm sure when we talk about the key matchups and X factors that, you know, the injuries will play a part in that too. Yeah. All right. Let's jump right into those key matchups. I'll start us off. I think the key matchup is an obvious one for me. Uh, it is the headliner heavyweight fight of the day with Rashawn Slater and Miles Garrett. Of course, you know, we've all been loving on Rashawn Slater and he's been fantastic. I, I loved watching the film because Max Crosby, took one rep against Rashawn Slater and said, nope, I'm going back to the other side. Um, and then he put the clamps on Yannick Ngakwe. So uh, Rashawn Slater playing at a very high level. Of course, we have not seen him play uh, an elite, like truly top tier edge rusher, and he will in this one. Um, but I'm going to go back to training camp and the way that this team really kind of went out of their way to have Joey Bosa go against Rashawn Slater and in practices so i I think rashawn slater is going to handle his business i'm not going to predict that he's going to completely shut out miles garrett miles garrett is is simply too good for that um but i don't think that we're going to see a a game wrecking kind of game from miles garrett unless he goes to the other side against storm norton more often than the left side but i think rashawn slater is up for the challenge i think he'll certainly lose a couple more reps than we've seen him lose to this point just because miles garrett is so good um, but if this is kind of a matchup where Miles Garrett gets the best of him early and then it just kind of steamrolls, I think obviously they would be in for a tough challenge. But I do believe that uh, Slater is going to be up for the challenge. Yeah, I think Slater is going to be up for the challenge of uh, going up against Garrett. My main concern is if Garrett goes to that other side, uh, as yes. we saw Chase <laughs> Young do, as we saw Micah Parsons do um can norton handle him uh so i mean you know to be fair to norton uh, (laughs) i was gonna say to be fair to norton he did have a a pretty okay game when it came to uh max crosby i i thought he did pretty well with him you know six pressures but like i think as long as he keeps it around that five or six range where you know once it gets into eight nine pressure territory that's what i think you you to start sounding the alarm um but i think after the bad cowboys game he's at least you know kind of yeah. settled into what he's gonna be which is probably he's gonna give up four or five five pressures at least he's gonna be dealing with garrett um but i think at the end of the day it's not a huge deal uh, as long as they give him the proper assistance and and have uh, guys like a boot, uh, you know, guys like uh, uh, from strategically, that I think is really what you're going to want to do in this game, uh, particularly with Miles Garrett and the rest of the injuries that the Browns are having on the defensive line. 
So, um, you know, my my key matchup is really Miles Garrett versus Storm Norton. I know you said Miles Garrett <laughs> versus Rashawn Slater, but that's really what we're going to get. We're going to get him versus Storm Norton. And I think if he can at least hold his own uh, and not give up too many pressures, that's what really can help the Chargers offensive line. But if he does give up a lot of pressures, that's what's going to hurt him. Yeah, and to your point, I do think that Storm played okay against you know Max Crosby for the most part. Um, Max definitely got him on a couple spin moves, got him uh, yeah. you know around the corner one time when uh, when he hit Justin Herbert's elbow, which caused you know the the pass to, that he was throwing to to fall short. So Max Crosby played well, and you know as much shit as we've given him over the past couple of years and shit we've given the Raiders, like Crosby is looking like a true you know number one edge rusher. So. Um, I do think Norton, if he's going up against Miles Garrett, like you, you have to double team him. You do not have a choice to like pick and choose and leave him on an island on occasion. You have to double team him because I have no confidence in the world uh, that Storm Norton would be able to hold his own against Miles Garrett. It's one thing to do it on occasion against Crosby and Chase Young and Montez Sweat, but that dude number ninety five is just different. And so I think if you're dealing with Jadavian Clowney. Dealing with Tuck McKinley, then yeah, I'm cool with it. But um, you know, if Garrett moves over there, then the Chargers could be in trouble. And if that's the case, you bootleg the opposite direction as much as possible. So I mean, there has to be kind of a couple strategies, right? You can just put Rayshon Slater on the other guy and just put all four linemen towards Miles <laughs> Garrett. I think that's one way that you could do it. Right. You could also make a trade with the Steelers for Mason Rudolph and just have him, you know, oh, be on the sidelines yelling at Miles Garrett. Uh, that's a, you know, potential distraction for him. So there, there's a lot of things that the Chargers can do this week. Yeah. Make that happen. He doesn't even have, he doesn't have to dress. Just, just get him on the sideline. man. Just, just, have him with a, just pay him to be a fan for the week. Just, just have him with the classic Charlie Whitehurst uh, clipboard and just, uh, just let him look at Miles Garrett. Goodness sake. Oh, man. But in general, I think this is going to be a really fun matchup to watch because the, the Browns pass rush has kind of been their identity on the defensive line. And they they do a fun NASCAR package with uh, they'll put Jadamian Clowney up against some guards while they take out a defensive tackle with Malik Jackson, um, you know, rushing from the interior who you are familiar with from his days in the Eagles. Um, so he's having a bit of a resurgence as well. So the offensive line is going to have their hands full for for sure this week. Um, let's pivot now and talk about some of the X factors in this game. Uh, I'll let you start us off. Who is your first X factor of the day for the chargers? I, I think the first X factor that I think of kind of has to be, this is a tough one, but I'm probably going to go. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to go Michael Davis, uh, and you know how he matches up particularly with, uh, OBJ or any of the other Browns receivers that he'll be dealing with. Uh, my guy, Anthony Schwartz, I'm sure will get some snaps and, you know, he'll yeah. uh, probably, you know, he's the fastest receiver on the team, obviously. So, you know, Michael Davis might have to, you know, grab him on a play if, you know, they're sort of thinking of a, like a burner Tyreek shot with him uh, at some point. So, you know, I think which Browns receivers he's matched up with, Demetric Felton has sort of been a problem uh, for the Browns and Baker just missed him a couple times last game. Um, so I think which wide receivers he's matched up with at which specific times, obviously wrapping up as a tackler in this game. And Michael Davis has been, uh, tackling better, uh, for sure this season, as we saw in the Raiders game. 
so I'll say definitely Michael Davis, both in run defense and in pass coverage because of Baker's struggles. I think that he's going to be the guy that sort of has to apply the pressure to the Browns offense this week. Yeah. And, you know, I had a fun time messaging Alex this week because uh, Brandon Staley said that he did extensive homework on Anthony Schwartz leading up to the draft. So, uh, you know, a little bit of a what if scenario there. If if Josh Palmer wasn't available in the third round, maybe they would have taken your guy, Anthony Schwartz. Maybe. You know, I guess we'll never know. So we'll I, I know. think my yeah, my X factor of the day is going to be Forrest Merrill, somebody that I, I know a lot of Chargers fans are very hyped about. Um, and in his three snaps this week, he played very, very well. Uh, he had a nasty swim move on the Raiders center, Andre James, which left him eating dirt, which forced the running back, Josh Jacobs, to bounce it and was tackled sh- for a short gain. Then on another play, uh, he ate up a double team, which freed up Kaiser White to go get a tackle for loss. And then on his last snap, he actually split a double team and got his own tackle for loss. So Incredible efficiency from Forrest Merrill. I want to see if that is able to continue um, into, you know, if he gets 10 snaps, what does that look like potentially more? Um, And normally I wouldn't be talking about a player with like three snaps, but Brandon Staley late in the game against the Raiders, they went heavy and Brandon Staley actually debuted a new front look where he put four defensive tackles, the two edge rushers, and then one linebacker Kaiser White behind them. So they had six guys, up on the line of scrimmage, including Forrest Merrill. So they had essentially, you know, Forrest Merrill and Limbaugh Joseph ahead in between the guards and centers, uh, or center, excuse me. Um, and it worked. Like, that's the play that Forrest Merrill ate up a double team. Kaiser White was able to get a tackle for loss. So I'm curious in, in this week if they'll do that more often, if Forrest Merrill plays more, because the Browns' rushing attack really is priority number one, uh, in my opinion, for the, the Chargers' defense this week. So I think Forrest Merrill gets him a couple of tackles for loss, make a couple of plays, uh, potentially, you know, bring some momentum to this Chargers defense um, because they need it, right? Like I think Jerry Tillery, Christian Covington played really well this week, but we haven't really seen them put it together for a whole game previously. So I think we need to see Forrest Merrill get some more action in there, uh, potentially cause some plays for the for the Chargers defense. Yeah, I think this is definitely when Justin Jones got put on IR, like the first set of games that I thought of, you know, thinking that he would miss, you know, when it came to Cleveland and Baltimore. Um, it's it's not the games that you want to have a weaker run defense for, for sure. Um, they sort of got away with it against the Raiders last week because obviously Josh Jacobs is not healthy and the Raiders interior line is a mess. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the Browns will still be dealing with some interior line issues, depending on what happens with JC Treader, but you know, yeah. <laughs> Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are unfortunately fully healthy, uh, for the Chargers sake. Yeah. So I, I think that that's going to be, uh, definitely a problem to deal with the whole game. And if you want to substitute Forrest Merrill in that, in there a little bit more, if you want to substitute Brayden Fajoko a little bit more who got uh, one snap last game, you know, I definitely think both of those guys probably go up in snaps this week just because of the amount of DTs and the amount of power they'll need on the field. Um, you know, especially if there ever comes a point in the game where a DT has to come out. Um, obviously, I think we saw for a brief drive and a half, Jerry Tillery uh, come off the field last week. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that uh, whatever happens, you know, injuries or not, I think that you're going to have players like Forrest Merrill and Braden Poco probably have to play more this week. Yeah, I think that's that's right. And we heard, you know, that clip that Brandon Staley 
spoke a couple weeks ago about the run game and how, you know, how important that element is because of the physicality, the nature of the physicality. And I think we'll see that in this game, like Jerry Tillery, Christian Covington and Linvon Joseph, they dominated the snaps last week. And I, I think just given, you know, the nature of the opponent this week, I don't expect that to happen again. You're, you're probably hoping that, you know, you can keep your guys fresh a little bit more. Of course, you know, it, it helped when the Raiders were going three and out so much. So um, I think we'll see, you know, at least Merrill a little bit more. Uh, obviously, I hope Braden Fajoko plays a little bit more, too, because I think he is somebody that can make a difference for sure. Um, all right. Let's uh, any other matchups or uh, X factors you're kind of focusing in on this week? No, no big ones for me. Um, I think the X factor that we have to talk about after last week is obviously how many Chargers fans are going to be in the building. Uh, I, I think that that's going sure. to be a big thing this week, much like it has been, unfortunately, every week. They were sort of closer to even with the Cowboys, but I'd like to see a good you know, crowd win for the Chargers, um, you know, especially after last week to get all the you know taste of the media sucking off the Raiders out of the mouths when it came to their you know, booing the Chargers out of the tunnel. Can't let that happen this week. So everybody's that's going to be at the game and whoever gets Tyler's tickets, uh, you know, we just got to show out. Yeah. And uh, Kyle Brandt, man, I, I do not like that guy at all. And the backpedaling that he took this week of, of why do people hate Chargers fans so much? It's like, my guy, you're the one who makes fun of us more than anybody. Um, <laughs> so anyway, just not a fan of that guy. In general, you're welcome but... on the show, though, Shriggs. <laughs> Yeah, Peter Schrager, you're good. Uh, Michael Robinson, Kay Adams, you're all you're all good to come on whenever you want. But uh, Kyle Brandt, uh, probably never. Um, but yeah, I think this is the first game we'll see a majority of the crowd be Chargers fans. I don't know if it'll be, um, you know, huge, but I think if it's 60-40, I think that would be, you know, fantastic to see. If you're not going to this game and you live in Southern California, please buy tickets and go. There are so many tickets available on Twitter that, you know, are up for grabs. So you're on the fence go because i think this is a really you know fun matchup overall lots of uh cool storylines and of course you know potentially the first opportunity to have a crowd in, in the majority of our favor so if you're on the fence please buy tickets and go i will be there um unfortunately tyler will not be there um so if you're wanting to come say hi we'll be in section 209 um i'm definitely happy to uh chat it up with anyone so um let's get to some I just of wanted, our i just, I just wanted ahead. to say really quickly while we were on the topic of kyle brant uh, he also has this podcast, uh, 10 Questions on the Ringer, and his yes. guest this week was Eli, Eli Manning, and one of his questions was, why didn't you want to go to the Chargers? So he, no. he added that you know to his list of anti-Chargers propaganda after the Raiders game, even after he apologized. He had to go in <laughs> with Eli Manning. <laughs> I know. And Eli trying to say that, like, oh, it was my decision. Yeah, no way. <laughs> no way was it your decision, Eli uh... Manning. That was all your dad. Um, but it was just, yeah, it was, it was not fun. So, um, all right, let's get to some of our bolt prediction. This we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This week, um, you know, I was really excited to see where Tyler would go because he's, he's always provided so much fun yeah. with this segment. Um, so my bold prediction for this matchup... Um, Let's see. I've given a lot of love to the tight ends. I've given some love to the running backs. So I'm going to go to the receivers. I think we see Josh Palmer score his first regular season touchdown this week. I think we've seen him be on the field a little bit more each week. It hasn't really resulted in some targets. But I think with all the attention that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are getting, I think we see Josh Palmer get his first touchdown this week, and I would love to see it. Yeah, I'd love to see Josh Palmer get his first touchdown, much like we saw it uh, in the preseason against the Rams. Uh, it would be really fun for him to, you know, have that kind of game again. Um, you know, just getting him more involved in general, I think, would be yeah. such a big deal, uh, just in terms of another weapon that the Chargers can truly throw out there. Um, as far as me for a bolt prediction. Uh, it's tougher this week. I think last week I said Keenan Allen would have uh, two touchdowns and a hundred <laughs> billion yards. Didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, surprisingly not. So I probably have to go in a bit of a different direction this week. Uh, I'll say that this is going to be uh, a big Jerry Tillery game. I, I okay. think that, you know, given the, you know, instability of the Browns on the interior with uh, Treader, plus them having the issue at tackle with Wills, I think that allows uh, probably someone to get free because they'll have to still be double covering both either way. So I'll say this is a say it's a one and a half sack uh, five pressure game for Jerry Tillery. Yes, uh, it's been coming, right? Like we've seen Jerry Tillery improve over the last couple of weeks and um, had a great sack last week. So a a big game from Tillery would be huge in this matchup for sure. Um, all right, let's get to these league picks next. This is going to be uh, very interesting to see how I mess this up because I've gone 0-3 <laughs> twice already. Um, I, I, For whatever reason, I just like I get to these picks and I, I, I don't choose the gimmies. I have chosen the gimmies this time. Uh, so hopefully <laughs> I, that uh, you know uh, gets me a 3-0 week because I desperately need it. Um, what are the standings for our picks right now, Alex? So uh, I am in first place at nine and three. Tyler is at eight and four. And then Steven, oh, Steven, he's at three and nine. Uh, so it's it's been it's been tough sledding, but it's actually interesting because Tyler started off at two and one and me and Steven were both at one and two. So it's yeah. just that I got to nine brutal. and three somehow and Steven got to three and nine. But that's uh, that's just how brutal the NFL league wide <laughs> picks can be. Uh, sometimes, but uh, since I am going first this week, I have to take the two cupcake games off the table. Give me the Bucks over the Dolphins. Pretty much picking anyone over the Dolphins until Tua gets back, maybe, and maybe even then, I will still pick against the Dolphins. Yeah. Um, so I got to go Bucks over the Dolphins. Uh, my second pick will be the Pats over the Texans. I think the Pats had a good effort on Sunday night football and the Texans are unfortunately still starting Davis Mills and not Tyrod Taylor. So that's kind of an automatic L for them. 
for my upset of the week, there's actually quite a few close ones this week, but I went with the London game, uh, and that's going to be the Jets and the Falcons. The Falcons are favored by two and a half, which, uh, you know, me and Steven were talking about earlier is kind of surprising given, you know, uh, all the guys that they're missing right now, particularly yeah. Calvin Ridley. They'll also be missing Russell Gage this game. Um, and they haven't really figured out how to get Kyle Pitts involved, but maybe this is the week that changes. Still, um, I was really impressed by what I saw with uh, Zach Wilson and that Jets offense last week. I, I think they're sort of starting to piece things together. Uh, they have a winnable game here against the Falcons, and I just think they've been playing a little bit better than Atlanta has. So uh, I'm going to take the Jets as a two-and-a-half-point dog in, uh, in London. Yeah, my guy, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, is uh, figuring it out right now. So happy to see that one. Um, so Tyler sent us his picks. Um, Tyler is taking the Ravens over the Colts. Um, the Colts are a mess themselves. He's taking the Packers over the Bengals. And then he's taking the Bears to upset, upset the Raiders. So Tyler has picked, uh, I think this is his third time featuring a Raiders game. Um, so, <laughs> Closeted Raiders fan. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think those are fine picks. So, um, all right, I'll send my picks now. So I'm taking the Titans over the Jags. Uh, thankfully, these guys left me one of the gimmies this week. I think, obviously, the Jaguars are a freaking mess. Um, Urban Meyer has zero control on that team. Although I would I would not be surprised if they cover the spread because I think, um, you know, if Julio Jones and A.J. Brown are, are injured and potentially out, I don't really have confidence that the Titans will move the ball. But I do expect them to win. Um, What's the other you than don't expect, uh, you, you don't expect the Jags to grind out a win? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> God. <laughs> Every single week with, his, <laughs> with you or Tyler, man. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways. All right. So and, and next after that, I'm taking the Cowboys over the Giants. Um, Cowboys just continue to roll. I, I don't really trust the Giants defense very much to get any stops. And then uh, my upset of the week, uh, I predicted this uh, in the preseason. Uh, so I'm taking the Bills over the Chiefs, uh, similar to the Charger, uh, Chargers. I just think that the Bills have too much offense for the Chiefs, which is, you know, uh, a brutally bad defense right now. So I think uh, Bills going to Arrowhead, get a win. Of course, that'd be huge for the Chargers and the rest of the division. Having the Chiefs be two and three, like how crazy is that? So, uh, yeah, those are my picks. Titans over Jags, Cowboys over Giants, and Bills over Chiefs as my upset of the week. All right, good picks. Uh, you know, I would say that Chiefs-Bills is on the complete other end of competency compared to Jets-Falcons. <laughs> you know, that'll actually be a fun yes. game to watch. <laughs> yes, that'll be a fun Sunday night football matchup for sure. I'm excited to see how, uh, how many points get scored in that game. It might end up being like Chiefs-Rams from back in the day, which yeah. is like, you know, 52 to 49 or something. Uh, it'd be a lot of fun. Um, all right, let's get to our final score predictions and we'll, we'll wrap it up. Uh, Tyler did send his pick for this game as well. He's taking the Chargers over the Browns 23 to 21. Uh, so, Alex, what is uh, your score prediction for this game? Yeah, coming into this one, I sort of expected to see myself taking the Browns, just kind of going off of what I saw from them earlier in the season a little bit and sort of what my preseason expectation was for that team. Uh, but I'm actually going to take the Chargers. Uh, I'm a little bit scared right now of the Browns and all the injuries that they have. Like, that just doesn't sit well with me. 
obviously, if you get kind of the better version of Baker, I think this is a much, much more even game, maybe even leaning towards the Browns uh, in that one. But I don't think he's particularly healthy and wasn't right against the Vikings at all. Plus, you know, compared to what you're going to be going through with the Chargers uh, and their secondary and the problems they present, you know, I think that the Vikings are actually much easier compared to that. So to me, I think that he's going to still struggle a little bit with how the Chargers have been able to lock receivers down and, and focus in on some key matchups in these you know first four games. So uh, obviously, you know, they haven't, you know, the Chiefs are the record high in the building with 24 points, uh, you know, against the Chargers. So I think that, you know, it's going to be tough for the Browns. Uh, obviously, the thing that the Browns have to lean on is their run game. Uh, and if yeah. they do well in that regard, maybe the other stuff won't matter as much. But I just see too many red flags in terms of injuries, in terms of how Baker's playing, and in terms of how uh, Kevin Stefanski has gone for it on fourth down a lot. And it hasn't worked because the offensive line is not good enough to work. You know, I saw Henry uh, read off that stat uh, in your guys' interview where uh, I think uh, you've had, uh, what's the tackle's name? Sorry, I'm blanking again. Uh, uh, yeah, Jedrick Wills, who's allowed like three sacks on fourth downs or three pressures on fourth downs specifically. Um, so, you know, that's kind of going to be crazy to watch. And if the Chargers are a team that's gunning to go for it on fourth and two, fourth and one, the Browns will have to match that. They haven't been as great uh, in terms of the situational football. So I think it'll be close either way, but I'm actually going to take the Chargers in this one, uh, 27-24. Okay, so a little bit more higher scoring than uh, what Tyler is predicting. I think, you know, you're spot on in terms of like the offense, right? The the run game scares me a little bit this week. Um, it would have scared me a lot more had we not, you know, seen them improve over the last couple of games. Yeah. Um, I think Drew, Drew Tranquil's presence really helps them in this game. So I, I think it'll be low scoring because I think the Browns are going to kind of, you know, uh, grind out the clock with their running attack. We've seen the Chargers have 10, 12 played drives. So I'm not expecting like a ton of possessions. I'm not expecting a ton of points. Um, but I, I just think that the edge that Justin Herbert is providing this team is significantly greater than what Baker Mayfield is, even if he bounces back this week, which I don't think he'll be as bad as he was against the Vikings. I do expect him to be better. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he's not playing well. Now he's injured. So I'm not expecting him to be great. Jarvis Landry is out. Um, potentially David Njoku is out. So the Browns offense is definitely not at full speed. Um, and because of that, I think that's enough for me to pick the Chargers. Um, I, I think the score is where it kind of comes into play with all these injuries that the Browns are dealing with. I think, you know, if Greg Newsom were playing and did the water were healthy and Jedrick Wills were healthy, I think you could maybe go a little bit closer. But because all of those players are not, um, I'm going to go with the Chargers 23 over the Browns 17. Hmm. It's a big one. Not quite yeah. 20 points, but you know, <laughs> I, I really would have been interested to hear Tyler's bold prediction today because I think <laughs> he's gone so bold in some of these. It's been a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, this is a, this is a great matchup. I'm really excited to see all these, you know, unique battles. You know, this is going to be a big test for uh, Michael Davis and Asante Sammy Jr. to getting to go up against Odell Beckham, you know, Rashawn Slater gets to go against Miles Garrett. So, a lot of fun individual battles, and I think both of these teams are, you know, potential contenders down the road. So uh, this is a big tiebreaker game as well because you never know what pops up down the road. 
uh, in terms of tiebreakers and seedings for the playoffs. For sure. Uh, and I was just, it was crazy to look at the uh, playoff picture that the NFL put out this week and the Bengals are yeah. the two seed. <laughs> I was just like, that's how you know it's week four, baby. I know. So <laughs> funny. They're, they're definitely going to come back down to earth eventually. But I, I do think the Browns are, you know, kind of the class of that division. Um, and they've got a, a tough schedule coming up because they play the Chargers this week and then the Cardinals next week after that. And then they play in or they host the Broncos. So tough, uh, tough three game stretch for the, for the Browns this in the, in the coming weeks. And I assume they still have to play the Ravens twice. I don't think they've played them this year yet. Right. No, so, they haven't. So they play, yeah. uh, they play big Ben and the Steelers in a few weeks. And then they play the Ravens on Thanksgiving weekend. And then on December 12th. So they play the Ravens twice in a span of three weeks. Yeah, that's not going to be fun for them. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I hate when the NFL does that. Like, like spread these division games out some more, please. Yeah. Um, all right, Alex, any final thoughts before we head out for today, man? Nope, not too many uh, final thoughts. Obviously, just, uh, you know, hoping for the best for Tyler's family. Uh, and I think that we're all with him as, uh, you know, Bolt fam. And uh, just hoping that that all works out um, as best as it can. And, uh, nope, that's all I, I really got to say. Just, uh, hoping for a great game this week, uh, and, uh, raise up because we're in the playoffs, baby. <laughs> that's all I got to say. Raise up. Yeah. It's the race. You know? Oh, the raise. <laughs> okay. I thought you meant like raise, like as no. in R-A-I-S-E. I was confused. No, was no. I am I'm not in tune with the, uh, the baseball scene right now. So I apologize. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, shout out to Tyler's grandpa. You know, he took the time to, uh, tune into our live stream a couple of weeks ago and, you know, he's not doing so hot. So I, I hope, you know, everything goes smoothly there and, and obviously wishing the best for the Shun family has been very kind to us, uh, in our live streams the last few weeks. They're a great family. Had the pleasure to meet, you know, Tyler's parents at the Cowboys game. It's great people for sure. Um, wishing them not, nothing but the best. So, I uh, also want to give a shout out to Darius Butler, Henry Edinger, and Gilbert Manzano for joining me this week. Uh, I did three interviews on Wednesday, um, so hopefully you guys enjoyed those. You know, If you missed them, go check them out. They're available on YouTube or whatever podcast platform uh, of your choosing is. This has been the Guilty as Charged podcast, and we will see you guys next time.